beneath it is Jesus. At the center of it is Jesus. Um, you find your love for people changing. Something's changed in our love for Jesus. You find yourself being untethered from, from your understanding of how we love one another. You find yourself getting a bit grumpy. Uh, you find <laughs> everyone's like, ha ha, not me. It's him. Um, you find yourself getting a bit cranky and just not wanting to do this thing. Something's it's like gee, just a glimpse of Jesus. It's a glimpse of him and everything aligns itself. Uh, if, if it's not aligned, then I don't know if we've glimpsed him. I, I don't know. Um, but I do know when I see him, everything falls into place almost accidentally. Uh, you see Jesus deliberately and everything f- slots in line behind you. And you find yourself actually fulfilling his commands, actually accidentally in a way. You've still got to bring yourself in line, still got to find faith. But just seeing Jesus, and I, I want to just put one scripture before us today. Uh, again, this is not, uh, I'm not coming to challenge, if, if you understand what I'm saying. I'm not coming to, uh, in, in a way, to expose. Um, although the Lord does do that through the word, the Lord exposes our heart, but I'm not coming to do that. I'm not coming in the flesh to, to say, look at this word I've brought. I'm not coming with my, with my best word here. I'm not coming with something crafted to, to make you feel like I'm some impressive guy. I don't think I'm in danger of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, yeah, you hit it, you nailed it, man. Yeah, good, good. Um, I want to put the scripture before us, and, and even as we look at it, um, I want to say this is the word of God. It's, it's not a little game. It's not a little newspaper report. It's not the Heisgenot. It's not something you read and throw away. It's not something you think, huh, that's interesting. You know, the worst thing we can ever say after a preacher is, that was interesting. Um, I, I'd rather have someone get furious uh, because it means something's happening. So I'm not saying that to rile us up in any way. I'm saying, this is the word of God. Uh, here are the words of God. We're going, to, we're going to put them before us. And the word of God stands forever. So uh, I want to read from John chapter 13, uh, verse 31 to 35. We know the scripture. Probably most of us could quote it. From memory, uh, we, we used to sing it when I was in a Baptist Sunday school. By this shall all men know you are my disciples. Yeah, and then your voice breaks and you're like, by the... <laughs> you're like, sorry man, I can't hit those notes anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh man, it is quite a mournful melody, that one. Like, can, we just, can we just end this and get out of here? Um, but we all know this. Uh, and again, the challenge for us, and I'm starting a little bit before the verses where he says that. I'm starting a little bit before just for the context. But the challenge is to not look at this in the flesh. The challenge is to, is to not just look at this and go, huh, that's interesting. What else you got, brother Seth? You got something else for us? You know, you know blow my mind, man. Come on. Um, and it's the Word of God. The Word of God does the heavy lifting. The Word of God is the truth. The Word of God changes us. The Lord, through His Word, again, even you can go even wrong with that. You don't come to Jesus if you come to the Scriptures as if by them you have love. The Word of God leads us to Jesus. And that's the whole point here. It's the whole point. So just as we read this, uh, uh, we're jumping in, literally in the middle of an account. And when he was gone, that's Judas. So Judas, he was never with the Lord. He never believed. He actually despised what Jesus was doing. Uh, he wanted something else. And so he betrays him. 
And he's gone. So now when he was gone, Jesus said, now he's with his disciples, and he's about to take them in a cram session. Um, they've just eaten a massive meal. I preached yesterday at the Youth Equip. Uh, we were at Edgemead, and they ate a massive meal, and then I had to preach. And I was like, man, I hope these kids stay with me. You know, <laughs> the markets are full, and now you know, I'm waiting for the orchis to be too. And uh, Sorry, that was Afrikaans. We'll have an interpretation of the tongue in a moment. Um, so they've eaten this massive meal, and Jesus is going to speak to them. Now. He says, so, so when he was gone, that's Judas, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. Well, they were about to go into the worst moment any of them had ever experienced. In fact, the worst moment the world had ever experienced. The sun was about to go out. And Jesus said, no, God is about to be glorified. Oh, that's what God does. If, uh, if God is glorified in him, in the sun, God, God will glorify the sun in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now the problem is, I think in our walk with the Lord, we're very good at aiming at the wrong mark. We're very good at it. And so we come into City Bowl, and uh, what a wonderful couple, Luke and Zandi, who lead this, this congregation. I can feel you love each other. I can feel it. And if we're not careful, sometimes a new generation comes in, or we even shift the goalposts. And before we know it, we're going, well, how do we live in City Bowl? Well, in a sense, what's City Bowl's code of conduct? What's Josh Chen's code of conduct? We must live up to that. Now, I'm not saying that again as a correct, I'm not picking that up among you, but we can get there. I feel like even in the congregation I lead, the warmer PM congregation, I think we're kind of there at the moment. New generation has come through, young guys. And I'm trying to tell them, this is not oxygen life code of conduct. This is not, uh, how then do we live in oxygen life? It's how do we live with Jesus? What does Jesus want from me? Otherwise you start aiming at the wrong thing. It's our flesh, it's actually our default. Our default is to bend towards some other source of life to bend towards some other source of, of energy. Paul says, the energy that so powerfully works in me. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus working in him. But we give it other things and we find other sources. And the problem with us is we'll, we'll, we'll zero in on love one another. We'll, and it's not bad. It's not bad to do that. It's a good thing. I honestly feel like the Lord is he, he's so gracious to us. And sometimes we run and we're running in our own strength. And the Lord is so kind to us, even in that place. It's like we're such a hot mess, man. If you just knew me, oh my goodness, if you just knew what goes on in this tiny little brain, uh, <laughs> I think he would hate me sometimes. Uh, it's like we, we're such a mess and we're, we're going from the wrong motivations and, and you can go to bed going, praise God, give me the hill country and wake up in the morning going, I'm no better than my forefathers. Take my life, Lord. You know, we, we <laughs> you know, you can do that. We can live like that. We are so easily blown this way and that way. And sometimes we find this thing to grab onto. And it's not, it's not bad in and of itself, but it's the wrong thing to grab onto. And so even this thing of love one another, and we go, well, how do we do this? Okay, this is how we do this in Josh Jane. You know, I love you like this. I overlook you all the wrongs and I cover over sin. And, and that's fine. That's good. That's not bad. But it's not the source. That's not the source of life. 
I said he was the source of life. Josh Jen's the source of life. Again, this isn't correction. I'm, I just want to confirm how we want to live. I want to confirm the kind of lives we're living. I'm trying to teach this in Oxygen Life even. Look to Jesus. So, so the important part of this is as I have loved you. That's the important part. Now the question is, why does he say it's a new command? Have you ever wondered that? And we say, our oh, new command. And we read a new command. And we don't question it. I think, why is this a new command? You know, the command for Israel to love one another was as, almost as old as the law. In fact, it was part of the law. Leviticus. He says, you will love your neighbor as yourself. It's wedged in there in Leviticus. And we think Leviticus, we think, clip the edges of your beard and uh, don't plant two kinds of crops. And you think it's all, you know, those laws. And it's, we think it's those laws. <laughs> yeah, I'll move on from that one. Um, and... Uh, and wedged in there, God goes, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, you know, if Jesus just said, love one another, um, they'd go, eh, you're a couple of thousand years too late. Like we, we've been told that. We know that. We know as the people of God, we're meant to love one another. We know. Uh, and the command was, love your neighbor as yourself. But you see, and I want to use this word carefully, because the command wasn't a problem. The command was pure. It was righteous from God. But the thing was, there's something, I've been trying to grapple with this in a way, because God actually did, he, he, um, he actually renewed that command. And he, 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 in a sense, supercharged it. Because there was a benchmark there, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think there's leeway in some of us to go, oh, I sort of hate myself. <laughs> you know, I have my days. And, uh, okay, <laughs> so I can hate you uh, on the day I hate myself. Um, and then Jesus comes and goes, I'm giving you a new command. And now the benchmark changes. Now every argument gets put to bed. Now he goes, as I have loved you. And there's no wiggle room out of that one. There's nothing subjective about it. There's nothing like, well, I feel this way. It's totally outside of ourselves. It exists outside of you. It's all from the Lord. It's everything God's done. And you, you don't look at yourself one iota. You don't examine yourself. You don't turn your head downwards to look in and to navel gaze. For one second, you look to him. I say, how have you loved me? And now, uh, you, you know, often we say at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. It's true. Now the ground is level when it comes to our love for each other. Now there's no one standing on any kind of different ground. There's no one, but, but you don't understand me. Brother, you don't understand the life I've lived. I'll say, no, no, I don't, I don't. I don't understand the life you've lived. But Jesus, and we look to him now. And we go, come, come, together let's look to him. Not together let's look at ourselves and, and the way we look after ourselves, we love one another. No, 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 forget that, forget all that. He's given us a new command. He's given us a new one. He, again, please hear me. I'm not uh, saying the Lord was, anything was wrong with the other command, but the Lord, now he supercharges it through his son. And he says, now you look at my son. Now I give you this benchmark. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, I've been thinking about um, when I was maybe 15. Do you remember those what would Jesus do bracelets? <laughs> do you have one? <laughs> oh, gosh. This is going to get awkward. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Um, sort of. Uh, I, I used to wear them in school. And um, I, think they're actually, I think they're great. And I think the guy who... Uh, um, 
I think, I think it comes from a book a guy wrote years ago, 1800s or something. He, he was obsessed with this question, what would Jesus do and what would Jesus do? And guys kind of picked up this thing. And I remember being 15 years old and, uh, and you'd sort of be slapping each other and you've got this thing on your eye like, ah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, here's what I find. I, I don't, I, I think it's a good question in some circumstances. I don't think it's the best question for how we live our lives. You see, what, what Jesus is saying, it's what would Jesus do? How are you going to figure that out? <laughs> it's like sometimes he made a whoop, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think the question is, what did Jesus do? That's the question. WDJD. I'll be selling bracelets out of my boot. Uh, <laughs> Turning my father's house into a den of thieves. Yeah. Um, what did Jesus do? Now, you see, that question, I can live my life no matter what. What did he do? Uh, uh, that orientates me in everything. See, sometimes there's an unknown. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live my life? I don't know. The Lord will help me figure it out. But what did he do? How has he loved me? How has Jesus loved me? How has he loved the world? How has he reach touch. You know, we go so wrong because we, um, we lose our bearings. It's like we, sometimes we don't know which way is up. It's like that, um, the, the guys who do the deep water holding their breath vibe, like where you just about die and then you come back and it's like, here's a gold medal. Well done. Um, you know, go swim, free diving, it's called. And, and apparently when you get to near the top, the last couple of meters, you get something called the bends, where you black out. And you don't know which way is up anymore and you can start swimming down again. Uh, and I think sometimes we like that. And we lose our bearings and we don't know which way is up and which way is down. Um, but with Jesus, when we see, even when we read the Gospels, I praise God for the Gospel accounts because the Bible says Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Um, Jesus is, I was just thinking in worship, Jesus is a wonderful person. What an interesting thought. We don't think of him like that. Sometimes think of him like an idea or a set of theorems. Jesus the person. He's a wonderful person. He's a beautiful guy. He's just a lovely, a lovely person. He, he is still a person. He, he took on flesh. And here we are reckoning with Jesus. But when we reckon with him, we look at what he did do. How has he loved us? See, that gives me my bearings. And I start to think of those things. And I think of, of the gospel accounts. I think of the accounts of stories of Jesus loving people. And I find myself there. And I think today we find ourselves in the wrong kind of scriptures. Often we're encouraged to find ourselves in scriptures we shouldn't find ourselves. <laughs> you, know, you will slay Goliath. Well, no, it's not you. <laughs> You're not slaying Goliath. Right? Jesus slays the giant. We can't do that. You find yourself in some weird scripture. Um, I think we must find ourselves in how Jesus has treated people in the Gospels. I see myself there. And I realize, as I take my heart there, I realize how he's treated me. See, that's the thing. How has Jesus treated me? Oh, our hearts grow cold. Don't you know we forget? Don't you know we, uh, everything in this world is trying to drag you away from a revelation of Jesus? Everything in this world is trying to dull your memory. And before we know it, we go, Jesus, who are you to me? And we've forgotten. We've lost it. And the Lord, I feel even now, the Lord wants to take us back. Oh, he said to the Ephesian church in Revelation, 
You've, was it them? You've, you've forsaken your first love. And he takes us back. I go, Jesus, I see you. You know what Bible story I've been thinking about? I'm just going to quote these stories. I'm not going to put them on the screen. She's thinking about that um, demoniac guy. He, remember, he had, uh, they found him in the caves. Jesus crossed over and there's this guy. It says he has no clothes on. And I remember being in the Transkei in the 90s. It was a wild time. I was young. My dad took me in. And uh, we were ministering, and they played that Jesus film. It was translated into Tulsa, and there was this, this film they'd filmed. And when it came to that part, literally this man, you hear the screaming, and we're playing it for this rural village. You, I can guarantee you none of them had ever watched the television or anything. They're just watching like this. And next thing, this man runs into the screen with his bare bum. <laughs> yeah! You know, it's like hair everywhere. And everyone went, you! you know? <laughs> it was beautiful. And there's this demoniac. It's like, wow, PG-13, guys. Like, thanks. Um, and this demoniac runs. And this, you know, I've been thinking about that guy. Uh, I, I realized the other day, I hadn't thought about it much, but I realized something about that whole situation. You know when Jesus won't let him come with him? It's a weird moment. He says, can I come with you? And, I mean, what a testimony to take on the road with you. That's a good testimony, man. Uh, Jesus is like, uh, I'm the son of God, I've got some stuff to say. You just listen to this guy's testimony first. <laughs> um, and I suddenly, I thought, why? Why, Lord? And I suddenly realized those people, after seeing that healing, had rejected him. They'd said to Jesus, get out of our region. The Decapolis, get out. And, uh, and so the guy says, can I come with you? And Jesus says, go back to them. Go back to the Decapolis and tell them, tell them. And I realized he gave them another chance. I was like, God, you're so amazing. You gave them another chance. They literally, the Son of God is working in front of them and said, get out. And they, he gave them another chance. I, I think of myself. Like, Jesus, how much have you been working in front of me? And I say, get out. How many times have you, uh, I mean, have you felt this? It's like you, you, you're sitting doing something else and you can feel the Lord drawing you. Come be with me. And you, in a sense, you go, get out. And in a way, if you understand what I'm saying, in a way you go, no. Harden your heart maybe just for a moment. It's like the Lord just sends someone back. Go tell them again. And he comes back for us. And he doesn't, you know, we've got to repent of our sin. We can't make a mockery of the blood of Jesus. But even as we repent, he just receives us again and again. Don't you know, the only sin God will not forgive is the sin that's not repented of. Doesn't that make, doesn't that set you free? Does that set you free here today? I've done things, if you knew some of the things I've done, you would hate me. You'd hate me. But the only sin that God can't and won't forgive of mine is the sin I won't repent of. Anything. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. You know, those people in the Decapolis, we'll find out one day. We'll know one day. Maybe some of them responded. And they'll just praise God. They'll rise up on the last day and say, thank you, Jesus, for sending that man back. And I just think Jesus has loved me like that. He's loved me like that. Oh, he sent people. He came again for me, even now. Like, Lord, I resist you at times. And you come again. Even today, he does that. He comes again. We resist him. And here we worship God in his presence. And he just comes again to us. Come. Come to me. Now think of the 5,000. When he fed the 5,000, what did it look like? Oh, my goodness. 5,000. It was just the men were 5,000. It must have been double that there. 5,000 people he feeds them. And it's this amazing moment. It's, it's sort of marked in all the Gospels, and, and they recognize this is a profound moment. The next thing, they go and find him the next day, and he's gone to the other side, 
And these people all come. He must have woken up and just seen this herd of people coming. And they're like, hey. And the Bible says Jesus knew what was in men's hearts. He could perceive what was in their hearts. And he says, I know why you've come. You just want food again. (laughs) Have you read that? It is not just the NIV. That's everywhere. I know why you've come. You just want food. And they end up having this argument. And he says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he's not just trying to thin the crowd. He's not just trying to get rid of them. He's trying to take them to the next step that they have to pass through to understand. And, but their, 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 um, their motivation was so naked. It was so obvious. You know, we come to the Lord sometimes. Have you found yourself? Um, things are going bad and you're like, you're like Cain. You're downcast. Like, Bleh. You know, and everyone's like, come on, dude. And you're like, Bleh. God doesn't love me. Um, and then something swings, something changes. Oh, we've had a change in fortune. Oh, God, I praise you, Lord. I love you, God. And even as you're doing it, you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm a hypocrite. And you, you <laughs> and you know what? The Lord's like, I know why you've come back. He knows us. But the Bible says he knows we're dust. Psalm 103, he knows we're dust. And still, Jesus didn't go, I know why you've come to me. You just want food. Be gone. He doesn't go, get out. I summon the forces of, you know, Gabriel and Michael, and they'll drive you from this place. He, he doesn't. He, he talks them actually way longer than he should have. Back and forth. They're being so disrespectful to God himself. And he's talking, and he's talking. And then they leave, and he goes, to the do you want to leave as well? And he's trying, and he's trying. He's like this with us. Jesus is like this with us. How has he loved us? As I have loved you, so love one another. The problem is there's a disconnect sometimes with how we've understood how Jesus has loved us. We've missed it. We can can even have had a revelation before, but we've lost it. Sometimes we've never had a revelation. Sometimes we've just lost it. And time's gone by and we've gotten hardened. As time's gone by, we're like, well, is this really? And, And we've shifted the goalposts. And the Lord comes to breathe life again. All I'm trying to do now is just lift up Jesus in our estimation. Lift him up. Before we give ourselves the task of loving one another, we lift him up and we say, Jesus, oh, thank you, Lord. I think of, um, think of the sinful woman anointing him. Oh, God. I mean, he said the story would travel. He said the story will be told. And it has been told. All generations. I think of that woman. She was so ashamed. And... Uh, Think of what she had to push through to have everyone staring at her. She had to, even the indignity of doing it. And I think of the shame of sin. Oh, God. That the, how many of us are ashamed of our past? How many of us are ashamed of the things we think? Um, how many of us, if, if people knew, just even the thoughts in our heads, we would cringe? Oh, God. We would think to ourselves, please, Lord. How many of us have heard the thing of, there'll be a screen one day? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord will do. I don't know. I, I, we're in the Lord's hands at that point. It's like whatever he's going to do, he's going to do. But how many of us look, think of that and be like, oh, no. Like anything but that. Think of that. <laughs> I hear you, sister. I hear you. I hear you. How many of us are like, God, I'm so ashamed. There's some people who say to me, I've heard people say, I don't regret my past. I learn things from it. Like, I regret my past every day. Every day. 
I don't sit with condemnation. I don't sit with, am I forgiven? I just regret it. But God, if I could go back, I would do anything to change it. Anything. I've got to live in freedom. I live in freedom. But I do regret it. And I, feel, I do feel shame. Not, not the shame that drives me from God's presence. But I feel, God, I, I dishonored you so much. Think of the sinful woman. and She's met Jesus. And he, he doesn't go, can you just wait? Just wait there. I need, I need three days of good behavior. I need three days of social media. Good behavior. Nice to your sisters. And then you can come. He goes, he receives it. And he honors her above everyone else. He calls Simon. Simon, you didn't even give me a, you didn't even give me a kiss. You, you didn't do anything for me. And she has not stopped kissing my feet. She has not stopped just pouring perfume on me. And he exposes the other, and he elevates her. I think of us coming to Jesus in our shame. I think of the forgiveness of the Lord. Oh, how he's loved us. There's just so many. I think of Zacchaeus. He's just such an awful guy. <laughs> Colonial collaborator. What a terrible dude. The puppet of Rome. And he hates his own countrymen. He's up a tree. And Jesus just finds him. I love it. And then, and then he makes this declaration that there's no indication he has any way of following through. Ah, oh, see, Lord, I'll give half of my, uh, whatever I pay back, I'll give back, I'll give back 120%, whatever I've, whatever I've started. And everyone must be going, oh, come on, really? And Jesus just goes, oh, praise you, God. This man is the son of Abraham too. Salvation's come to this house. And he celebrates. And you know, sometimes we make these declarations before God. God, I will never, Lord, I will live a different life. God, I know with your strength. And, and it's like God must just look at us in our frailty and our humanity and just go, no, God doesn't treat us like this. The Lord is pure. And he just goes, salvation has come to this house. And he loves it. The Lord loves it. He celebrates over us in our weakness. And if we could see from God's point of view, we just laugh at ourselves. We go, oh my goodness, you think you're making some solemn oath. Oh, by the solemn oath, I make a covenant with my eyes. Oh, I will never get lost after a woman. And then you go to Clifton Beach. You're like, oh. And God must just see, this is not a call to be lax with our sin. This is not saying we must just give in to that sin at all. But it's to say God sees us and he knows our frailty. And he, just, he, he celebrates over how we try to run our race with him. This is Jesus. If you've got a view of Jesus that he's aloof and he stands back and he looks at you and says, well, we'll see. No, that's man. That's mankind does that. Jesus says, oh, come, come. Remember when the 72 came back to him and they celebrated? The demons, they left in your name. Remember, the 72, they come back and, and he's given them all these instructions and it actually works and the demons leave. And they pretty much, that must have been a bit of a hot mess. But they, so something they did work because they're doing it in Jesus' name. And he goes, okay, wait, wait, wait. Don't celebrate that, that you, the demons submit. Celebrate that your name's in the book of life. You know, he's just orientating them again. No, don't forget. And then he celebrates before God. Oh, I praise you, Father, for you have hidden these things from the wise. And you've revealed them to little children. Oh, I praise you. He celebrates over their lives. He celebrates over their victories. Don't you know you have some little victory in your life? Oh, you think, I, I don't know, I'm not going to use something. Uh, that's obvious. You have some little victory. Lord, I said I was going to do this for your glory, and I did it. And it was hard, and I did it. And, and, and then you hear someone else share some testimony of raising the dead. And you're like, oh. <laughs> You know, Jesus celebrates over the victories of our lives. He celebrates. It's how he's loved us. I think of myself with the thief on the cross. I love that thief on the cross. I want to meet. He's one of the first guys I want to meet in glory. 
I've got to run my race and get there. I get there. I know he'll be there. That's for sure. Jesus said he would be there. Remember, today you'll be with me. Remember that guy. Bible says he was, it says there were two criminals next to him, and they both heaped abuse on him. Both. One wasn't this noble savage. Oh, who are getting what we just He wasn't saying that from the beginning. He was looking at Jesus going, you are you. They were both, oh, they weren't doing that. They were going, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> just a practical, practical point there. Um, who are you? Uh, um, they were heaping abuse on him, the Bible says. And at one point, one of them has this revelation. Oh, what have we done? We don't know how that happened. He just had this revelation. What have we done? What have we done? And he looks at his friend and he goes, we can't do this. We can't do this. This man is righteous. He, he, we're getting what our sins deserve. He's not. He says, remember me. I heard a preach once. Uh, a pastor overseas. He, he called this. Uh, he preached about the thief on the cross. And he called it this. He said, the man in the middle said I could come. And he, and he preaches about the, the thief on the cross entering heaven because Jesus said he would. And they say, who are you? And it's just speculate. I don't think they're going to do that. But they go, who are you? <laughs> and he goes, oh, the man in the middle said I could come. Uh, and I love that. I, it's like, Jesus, that's Jesus. He said I could come. He said I could be here in glory. Um, and I think that's how he's loved us. We were heaping abuse on him. We, we hated him. We were enemies of God. We weren't innocent bystanders. We weren't sort of on the scene and, sure, Lord, I, these guys are bad. Uh, I don't think I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> no, we were like, we hate you. We don't want you. We shake our fist at God. And just that one moment, oh, oh forgive me. The thief on the cross never got baptized. I'm not, that's not a theological point. It's a practical point. He never got to share his testimony. He never joined a com. <laughs> he never went on an outreach to the Isle of Man. <laughs> yeah, 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 they need him. It's the Decapolis, Isle of Man. He never went to the Isle of Man. He never proved that he was any kind of disciple of Jesus. And Jesus just welcomed him in. I think that's how he's loved us, man. He's loved, you know, he's loved you like that. Um, and then he, he forgave us. And I'll never forget being told what that word tetelestai means. When he screamed it out with whatever capacity he had left in his lungs. You know, it is finished. The word is tetelestai. They'd stamp it on these documents. And you've bought something and over time, you've paid it off or whatever, and, and, and then in the end, you pay it off completely. And they stamp it on there in the bottom. Tetelestai. It's done. It's paid in full. And he screams it out. Paid in full. And he gives up his spirit. He dies. I just think that's how he's loved us. Paid in full. Your debt paid in full. You see, do you see what I'm saying? What did Jesus do? What did he do? This orientates me for the rest of my life. I've just got to keep coming back to this. It doesn't mean I treat him like a historical figure who I revisit as some kind of statue or monument. No, he's, he's living. Jesus is living. But each time I come to him, I, I, I orientate myself on how he has loved me, what I know, not what I don't know. I don't come to Jesus with what I don't know. Oh, Lord, there are mysteries about you, Lord. Who can know? No, Jesus says, no, I've shown myself. I've shown myself. And in the light of that, I say, oh, Lord, help me to love. 
But by the time you're done soaking yourself in what Jesus has done, don't you find you just want to turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. <laughs> you don't have to do that now. Especially if it's a visitor. Um, <laughs> you don't have to say it like that either. I love you. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. What are we left with to thank you? What are we left with? I honestly feel if the church of God gathered together every day and just said thank you, we'd really get somewhere. <laughs> I honestly feel like sometimes we, we go, uh, I'm going to spend time praying. You close the door and you're in your room like, I got nothing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> honestly, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, that the Lord would preserve us from trying to even live in our values without coming to Jesus. Saying, Lord, you are the springboard. You are the value. You are the springboard into our values. You propel us, Lord, almost accidentally into fulfilling everything you want us to be. It's not Josh Chen. It's not Oxygen Life. It's the kingdom of God. And Jesus is the, is the launching pad. He's the, and not just that, because he goes with us. But you find yourself struggling to live up to what the, you know the Lord wants us to live in as a, as a healthy church. You find yourself resisting it. Oh, I want to say to you, Jesus is the source. Um, I'd like us to just sing a song. What I'm going to do, I'm going to lead us through a song a cappella, if that's okay. Um, We'll just sing with our voices. But I want to say this. Um, What I'm finding often is in these meetings, we don't know everyone who's here. They're visitors. We don't know if we all belong to the Lord even. And I think we make a mistake if we just think we're all on the same page. Sometimes we, in South Africa, we're swimming in a culture that says we're 79% Christian. So what happens is we grow up and we go, I'm not a Muslim, I'm not a Hindu, I must be a Christian. Um, and that's not how the kingdom of God works. The kingdom of God doesn't work by osmosis. It doesn't work by us. God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. You don't come into God's kingdom because your parents are children of God. You are God's child because you have come to the Father. Um, and so we've got to be very clear about these things today. Uh, I find more and more at the end of our meetings, we've got to lay that out very carefully. But I want to say to you, what I'm going to do is, I'm, I'm not going to make a call now. But I want to say to you, as we close this meeting, as Luke closes it, if, if you are finding you don't even know where you stand with the Lord, you're finding you don't necessarily have a witness of the Spirit. I'm not, I'm not speaking to people who've had a bad day. I'm saying you had a bad day and you screamed at your family, you come and I need to be born again again. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you find in all these things, it's, not, it's almost impossible for you to try and live up to these things. And you find yourself, as it were, on the outside looking in. I want to say to you, uh, our walks are complicated. Uh, if I'm honest with you, I don't know the exact day I got born again. Uh, I just know there was a gradual light that dawned, and today I know I'm born again. I know I belong to him. What I sometimes do with people is I say, well, let's just bow the knee now and just surrender to Jesus. Uh, that's what we need to do. And if that's you, I want to invite you to come find us in the front afterwards. People had to actually reach out to Jesus as well. They had to, in a way, push through the crowd to find him. And if that's you saying, what do I do? Acts 2. What shall we do, brothers? I want to say to you, come. Come and we will pray with you. Come and we will, we will um, call on the Lord with you. Okay, so that invite.